What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome on into the first edition of the off-season Flyers talk. As we're going to talk about some of the stuff that's been going on so far in this early part of the off-season, and of course, I want to get your guys' thoughts on the Philadelphia Flyers. I know that the Flyers have a lot of us down in the dumps. A lot of us don't want to talk about the Flyers. Some of us even want to take the Flyers out of the Philly sports world that we all currently live in. But no, we're not going to do any of that. We're going to talk about the Flyers. We're going to think positively as we look forward to the this offseason and to the future and hoping that the Flyers can somehow become a respectable franchise within the National Hockey League yet again. But welcome on into today's Flyers Talk. I want to welcome Facebook. We got YouTube, Twitter, and of course, we got TikTok in the building. Thank you so much to everyone checking on in in today's Flyers Talk. Uh, right now, we just put in the link into the comment section. If you guys want to come on in the show, Give us your thoughts on the Philadelphia Flyers. Or listen, if you want to talk about the NHL uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, you are more than welcome to come on in here and discuss that as well. But, of course, if you got some hockey talk, please definitely bring it in here. And of course, you guys can drop your thoughts, questions, and concerns in both comment sections. We got YouTube's YouTube comment section available, and we also got TikTok comment section available as well. And we'll get to that all in just one second. Awesome stuff, guys. All right, I do need to ask you something, guys. I, I need your honest opinion. Who here is actually watching the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs? Like, realistically, are you guys honestly paying attention to what's going on in these playoffs? Because I'll be quite honest with you. If my team is not in the playoffs or if my team gets eliminated, it is very hard for me to watch. That's just a fan in me. Like, I, I personally cannot watch these playoffs. While you got to listen, you have a series right now where it is the two teams that I hate the most. You got the Penguins going up against the Rangers. I cannot watch that. And then the Penguins are taking control of that series. And the Rangers' inexperience in the playoffs may be hurting them just a little bit. But how can I watch a series like that? Like, honestly, how can I? It's like watching a playoff game with the Cowboys and the Giants, the Mets versus the Braves, both New York teams go, I don't know, even better, Red Bulls versus Revolution. Um, I can't watch that. I just flat out cannot watch that. It's just really tough. Of course, we're all rooting for the Florida Panthers. Where we all should be, um, low key Florida Panthers fans, as we are hoping that Claude Giroux can finally win something in a career that is just missing some hardware. And of course, the Caps are making it such a tough series. Like Ovi, you can't give the Panthers and you can't give Claude Giroux a chance at winning a freaking title. What's wrong with you? But that you got a two-two series there, and I'll be honest with you guys, just from watch, I, I, just from watching these playoffs, I really do think that the Colorado Avalanche are going to be the Stanley Cup champs. Those guys are ready for a run. Those guys are ready to hoist that cup. They are so tough to stop. And yes, they are the only team that was able to sweep their opponent in the first round of the playoffs. But I just think that they are just a complete team. And Nathan McKinnon has reached a different level of his game. And I really think that it is the Colorado Avalanche's Stanley Cup to lose. Of course, we are all going to be rooting for the Florida, Florida Panthers. Awesome stuff there, guys. Throw the rats. That's what it is, right? They throw the rats out on the ice. It's weird stuff. And reminder, Miami doesn't even know they have a, a good hockey team, which is even more sad, as we talked about before, throughout the Sixers game recaps. But, all right, let's get to it, guys. So, before we start this off, real quick, this is such an important offseason. I cannot stress how important... This offseason is for the Philadelphia Flyers. These are now two seasons, two back-to-back, -back, just horrible, terrible seasons. Now, look, last year, yeah, we can throw in the fact that injuries was a big problem for the Philadelphia Flyers. The risk that 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 um, that Chuck Fletcher made in the offseason as well did not pay off. It, it, it really didn't. Like, I look at the three big moves, and that, to me, is Ryan Ellis, 
Rasmus Ristolainen, and Cam Atkinson. I look at Ryan Ellis. Obviously, it is upsetting that he was not able to go out there and play for even a third of a season. The dude played in like six games, and that's all he was able to give us. There, you can clearly tell in those games that he is a quality defender that could really help a playoff team. But if you can't stay on the ice, that is a problem. And he had these injuries, uh, these injury concerns in Nashville as well. You get Rasmus Ristolainen, and that was a move where you gave up. Let's be honest, you gave up quite a bit for Rasmus Ristolainen. And look, they signed him to a contract extension, but he had way too many up and downs throughout his first year with the Philadelphia Flyers. Yes, he brought a physicality, and yes, that is something this team absolutely needs, especially from a defensive position, but the dude is a knucklehead by all means. I want to love him. I really do, because I love the style in which he plays, and I and I do think at times last year he was contributing on the offense as well, but it really is is a detriment, and he he's just a freaking bonehead. And, of course, Cam Atkinson, he's just a streaky scorer. I do like the fact that we went out and got a shoot-first type of winger, something we really did miss for this hockey team. But he was just so streaky. He was high. He was nine. He had a goal, a game where he had two goals, and then he would just go scoreless for five games, and it really hurt. Now, yeah, not having all the pieces around him definitely probably hurt him as well. He's not playing with quality players either, but he was just way too streaky. So a lot of risk that went down in the last offseason, and part of the reason why we you know, had a 25 game, a win season in, in 2022, 2021, 2022. So the big question here is what exactly is the plan for the Flyers? What is the mindset? What are we going to do to, to reshape this team? Essentially, like, is this going to be a retool, like an aggressive retool, or is this going to be a rebuild? There's a lot of, there's obviously a lot of young pieces within this Flyers team and the future does look bright. But I do know that Chuck Fletcher is here for a reason. That's not to rebuild. That is to win. And from what it seems like, Dave Scott and the Flyers are not going to be parting ways with, with Chuck Fletcher. So what is exactly going to be the plan? Now, Chuck, last offseason, like we mentioned, made some risks. He took some serious risks. He went out to get some players that he felt as if would help this team. And it didn't pay off in the long run as we had another losing season. So what is the plan? And do we trust Chuck Fletcher to go through this plan as well? It's tough for me to trust Chuck at this point. He's now had, he's had, what, now four? Because he came in midway through the 2018-2019 season. He was here fully for the 2019-2020 season. Obviously, we saw 2020-2021 and 2021-2022. And he's had one successful year out of all that. The Flyers made the playoffs in 2019-2020. And that was a, the best chance the Flyers have had over the last decade and a half, I guess. Now, let's, let's, let's be, let's, it's been a decade. In the last decade, 2020 was the best opportunity for the Flyers to actually win something. They were one game away from, from the Eastern Conference Finals. And it's just been a downfall ever since then. But there are a lot of big decisions that this Flyers team needs to make. And that's, of course, the plan that they're going to take. And there's a lot of players on this roster that do have some question marks going forward for this hockey team. So we'll, we'll see what Chucky has in store. But I really hope that the Flyers have learned from what happened last year and do not make the same mistakes again. And that's going to be the big, big part here. But... Flyers have also made some um, front office moves since the end of the season. Uh, the main ones being the Flyers have hired former Philadelphia Flyer player Sammy Kapanen, as well as the late great Ed Shiro's grandson, Kyle Shiro. Obviously, uh, 
Ray Shiro obviously was the general manager of the Penguins and the Devils. And I'm, from my understanding, I think this is the son of Ray Shiro. And now the Shiro family back in the Flyers organization where they belong, not with our stinking rivals. And so for Kapanen, he's going to come in here um, as a European player development guy as well as a pro scout. While Kyle Shiro is going to be an amateur scout in, in his role, um, these are two big pieces that they're coping that can help with the development of this team. Obviously, they have a lot of young pieces, especially in Lehigh Valley and up here, that need to continue their development, and, and they're hoping that this definitely helps. And it's interesting for Kapanen, if you guys do remember Kapanen, he was here throughout the 2006-2007 season, which was one of the worst Flyers seasons ever. Um, I think that was a 22-win season. And they had a great uh, turnaround. They had like a 48-win season in 2007-2008. They made the playoffs. They saw some young pieces kind of step up for them as well. Guys like Jeff Carter, Mike Richards, if you guys remember, Braden Coburn as well. So the hope is that they can turn this bad boy around in one season, similarly how they did back then. You have a lot of young pieces with this team, and you have some veteran players. And, you know, if you heard Kapanen talk about coming into the Flyers in this new role, it's going to be really big signing some key pieces and making some good acquisitions with this team. And, and back in that that era, they really made some big piece, big acquisitions, getting Jeffrey Lopo and Jason Smith, getting Danny Briere, and then obviously bringing up your young pieces that were able to develop and build out a really good team for the Philadelphia Flyers. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how these guys benefit this team. But the uh, Chuck Fletcher's are more right mind to help this turnaround for the Philadelphia Flyers. I really think the Flyers, yeah, I, I think development needs to obviously be a concern. It needs to be an emphasis for sure. But what are we going to do about the medical stuff, right? Like, we had a lot of injuries the last two years that have hurt our chances of making the playoffs and getting back to the promised land. We saw what happened with the Philadelphia Eagles over the last couple seasons, especially at the end of the Doug Peterson era. All the injuries that were coming in. The Eagles hire someone from the Los Angeles Rams medical staff who had a great history of not having that many injuries. And, and now it was one year, right? It was just one year, but you saw the injuries go rapidly down last season. Injuries in sports is something you cannot control. However, though, the amount of injuries this city in general has gone through over the past decade, that is a concern, ladies and gentlemen. So I, I think that that needs to be an emphasis as well going forward for the Philadelphia Flyers. All right, so obviously we don't have a head coach. There is a vacancy here in Philadelphia, and we do need to thank Mike Yo for taking on a tough responsibility after the firing of Ali Mignot, getting put into this team. You have a bunch of injuries. It's a team that's already fallen apart. They just got got gone through a 10-game losing streak. Two 10-game two uh, losing streaks throughout this season as well. Um, it was a tough job. Not many people could do it. I thought he did a solid job of trying to keep this team together. When you have third and fourth lines, a bunch of AHLers and guys that probably shouldn't be in the NHL, that is very, very big for what Mike Yo was able to do, and he kept these guys positive as much as possible. So we definitely do should thank him. I don't know what the his next plan is going to be. I would love to have him back as an assistant coach. I, I do understand if he wants to take on a better role, maybe have an opportunity to be a head coach again in this league. I wouldn't hate him for that, but it wouldn't hurt this team to bring him back as well. So the question is, who should we go out? Now, obviously, if you heard yesterday or two days ago is big news. Barry Trotz, in fact, got released and let go by the New York Islanders. So Barry, after, was it, four years with the Islanders, two Eastern Conference uh, finals with the Islanders as well. And a time, like, people forget, like, me growing up 
in the NHL throughout the 2000s, 2010s, the Islanders were a joke. Like they had a couple playoff appearances, but you knew they weren't going anywhere. And it was it wasn't until Lou and Barry Trotz came into that organization and turned it all around. Playoff appearances after playoff appearances. The style of play was very noticeable. It was so, so daunting to play against. And there was nothing really special that they would do. But they were very disciplined, very defensive oriented. And they gave so many fits to the Philadelphia Flyers. So the question is, should the Philadelphia Flyers, number one, go all in for Barry Trotz? And then number two, would Barry Trotz actually consider coming to play for Philadelphia? Um, listen, right now, Barry Trotz is the hottest, hottest coaching candidate out there. Okay, he is. I don't know what the best way. I guess a Bruce Ari- Bruce Arians came out of retirement, wanted to go back into coaching. He would be that type of prospect. Uh, Bill Cowher, maybe John Gruden. Now nah, I wouldn't say John because John Gruden was, you know. But you guys get my get my gist. He is. He knows what he's doing. You know, if you're bringing him in here, in your yeah, if you know if you're bringing him in here, you have a much better chance of turning this bad boy around than if you were to hire, you know, some development type of dude. And it's clear as day. Now again. Would Barry Trotz actually want to come to play for Philadelphia? I don't think we're close as people think to getting. Now, obviously, a lot has to happen this offseason, and things could change around where this team could be actually be a contender. But would Barry Trotz actually consider playing for this for this team? Now, Barry's obviously not perfect either. Um, this is his second job where he has gotten fired as well. And we all know the Islanders as well as well as a, of a defensive team that they were. Offensively, they did struggle, and it wasn't like they didn't have offensive pieces. They didn't have goal scorers. They did. I mean, Matt Barzell is a solid. Andres Lee, they had solid offensive players who could score goals, and I think that Lou Lamarillo noticed that, and he realized that, look, we just need to change up the style. We appreciate everything that Barry Trotz did, but we need to score more goals, and I think that was part of the reason why. There's also a knock on Barry Trotz. He doesn't like to... Contributing to the developing of young players, um, Oliver Wallstrom was one that really was noticeable last year with the Islanders. And here in Philadelphia, you have a lot of young pieces here that do need to continue development. And would Barry Trotz come in here, have the patience to continue their development as well? So I would obviously like Barry Trotz. Realistically, I do not think that it will happen. Um, I think Barry Trotz is going to find some other, other places that might be a little bit more conducive to what he's looking for. I mean, obviously, the Winnipeg Jets might be his top option, considering the fact that he is from the area, from my understanding. Um, and they might be in a better spot to win than we are here in Philadelphia. But we'll obviously wait and see. He's going to have he's gonna have his choosing. You know, everyone's going to want to get him to their team. But it's obviously up to him to see what it is that he wants to do. And obviously, he could be waiting for these playoffs teams to, 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 uh, to start getting eliminated. He might be having his eyes on one of these playoff teams so we'll have to wait and see what uh, Barry Trotz is thinking, but he's obviously now in the market and he is the hottest coaching candidate. So what is the flyer? But what is the question we need to ask ourselves? It's not so much should we go out and get Barry Trotz. It's more so what are we looking for in the next head coach of this team? All right. This been, it's been way too many coaches, in my, in my opinion, over the last decade. I mean, you go from Peter Laviolette to Craig Berube to the Hackstall to Aline Vigneault, and now we're going into our fifth coach in the midst of 10 years. That's not good, guys. That is not good. It's essentially a coach for every two seasons if you if you average it out. So we need to find someone who can bring some stability. I'm not saying this needs to be the coach for the next five to 10 years. I'll be okay if this is the next coach for the next two to three years, but we need someone who is going to set a foundation, especially with what we have on the roster, a lot of young pieces who are expecting to be the future of this hockey team. 
So if they are looking for a veteran type of coach, you do have guys like Claude Julien, Paul Maurice. Uh, you got John Tortorella out there, Bruce Boudreaux, who actually is familiar with Chuck Fletcher. That's who Chucky hired in 2016 for the Minnesota Wild before he got the... Uh, and so you have four options there if you're looking for a veteran guy. I don't think any of those guys, honestly, is is, is what I would want personally. I know there's a lot of experience between all those players. But here's the thing. like you, We just mentioned John Tortorella. A lot of these coaches that I just mentioned, those older coaches, bring a lot of discipline to the team. You just had Elaine Vigneault, who is a similar type of style as those four coaches that I mentioned. And it didn't work. So that's uh, why I'm kind of leery of getting those guys to the Philadelphia Flyers. Rick Tock is going to be one that I'm going to be super intrigued with. He's had, uh, he was a great assistant with the Pittsburgh Penguins. They won back-to-back titles with his, with him as an assistant coach. Uh, obviously, he was he, he had the coach of the light. He was coach of lightning for two seasons. It was before what the Lightning are now. Uh, and obviously, he spent five was it six seasons with the Arizona Coyotes, which was a pretty shitty situation. I don't think anyone could have succeeded with the Arizona Coyotes. And he he left on his own on his own because he was tired of the 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 terrible plan after terrible plan that they wanted to put together. He wants to go somewhere where he can succeed. And I generally do think that he can actually succeed as well. Now, I don't know if Rick Tockett is looking at this job and thinks that he wants to do it. I've seen a lot of former Flyers players uh, from past generations, especially Rick's generation, who have just absolutely hammering, hammering this organization. I don't know if Rick is being one of them as well. Rick. He's been stern with Flyers, not to like the point of Chris Terrio. Chris Terrian, and I respect Chris for what he's been doing, absolutely calling out the Flyers organization day in and day out. I just don't know if Rick Tockett would be interested in coming back home, especially with the situation that we are in. There are some uh, assistants out there that do intrigue me. You got Jim Montgomery from St. Louis. We do have Kirk, uh, Kirk Mueller from Calgary. And then you have Lane Lambert who was with the New York Islanders on that Barry Trotz uh, coaching staff. He's been with Barry Trotz since the Nashville days as well. Now, Jimmy Boy, obviously behind Craig Berube, he's been very highly touted throughout the league. Uh, he's one of those going to be one of those hot candidates this offseason as well. Obviously, the St. Louis Blues are still in playoffs, though. Kirk Mueller is an intriguing one because he does have a lot of experience in this league. But if you guys have heard me before, you guys know my plan for the Flyers, and you guys know how I want to rebuild this thing. And the New York Rangers are the blueprint of what I want to do. And so Johnny Hockey is going to be a potential free agent this upcoming offseason. Potentially. Potentially. What better way to attract Johnny Hockey back home? It's over, like He already is, he grew up as a Flyers fan. He has family in this area. He It's something special to him when he comes back to this area. What better way? to lure Johnny Hockey than to get his assistant coach. Now, it's just an option. That's not it's not saying it's what I want, but it is an option, and it's very strategical as well. It's not like Kirk Mueller would be a terrible option as a head coach either. And then Lane, Lane Lambert, I'm curious to see what if the Islanders actually do keep him and make him the head coach of the New York Islanders, but he's someone that a lot of teams are going to be looking for. Now, if the Flyers want to go outside the box, which is something they could very much do, they've done it before, um, Rickard Gronberg, uh, he's one candidate that really intrigues me. He's uh, been in the suite in suite, uh, in Sweden for a long time now. Uh, he's, he's a, he's probably the hottest Euro candidate there is out there. And if there's going to be another Euro guy making the jump to the NHL, it is probably going to be Gronberg. 
Uh, he's obviously look, he has had a lot of success in Sweden. And obviously here in, in America, in the NHL, North America, European players are coveted, right? And so he understands that. But it is definitely a risk to bringing him in here. But he it would be thinking outside the box if that, in fact, is what the Philadelphia Flyers are thinking about doing. Um, he's had a lot of success with ZSC Lions and obviously coaching the Swedish national team as well. So if you're thinking look outside the box, that is someone you could be thinking about. Or you can be looking at inside the league with the Tampa Bay Lightning. If you're looking for development, like I mentioned, you got a lot of young pieces, a lot of pieces that need to develop. Bignot, uh Grolu, I'm going to say that's his name. Uh, he's done a great job and been the forefront of the development of a lot of these young pieces you've seen in Tampa Bay. And that is someone that the Flyers could, all, could be looking at as well. So it really is up to, to the Flyers and what it is they are looking for in next head coach. Are they looking for a veteran guy to come in here and you know, uh, can get this team back to winning. Are they looking for someone outside the box like a Gronberg in, Sw in Sweden? Are they looking for a young coach who they're going to build with and develop like a uh, like a Bigno? Or are they looking for assistant coach, the next hot assistant coach like a Montgomery, like a Mueller, like a Lambert? So it's really what is the Flyers thinking? We just named some options out there. Me personally, if I if if if, if it was up to me, I'm looking for a young coach that can grow with this young team. I, I want a team to grow together, and I want to build someone of a dynasty. Yes, and it's crazy to, to put dynasty with any of these Philly sports teams, but that's what I'm looking, and that should be the plan for everyone here. And I think the best way to do that is to build a young team and grow them together, and they have a coach that can help with that development as well. All right, so with that being said, now that we're looking at the future, obviously last night, on ESPN, 6.30, we had the NHL Draft Lottery in which the Flyers set to select the four, to select fourth overall. And when the ping pong balls came back, we wound up with the fifth overall pick, dropping back down one. And oh, by the way, the New Jersey Devils, who had two, two number one overall picks within the last five years, get the second overall pick, jumping the Flyers, jumping the Kraken, and jump, jumping the Yotes to get into the second overall pick. And just behind them are the Montreal Canadiens. Look, I'm not saying the NHL is rigged, but to me, it does not make any sense for the Devils to get this pick again. This is like the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is like the Oilers of the early 2010s. It makes no sense that the Devils are in this spot. I just don't get it. I flat out do not get it. Obviously, last night I was upset and I was concerned with the fact that we dropped to the fifth overall pick. Simply because, again, I bring it back to my Rangers blueprint of building this team again. And I'm thinking about how Lapin, Lapinen was the number one overall pick in 2020. And he's been a big help for that team. I wanted a top three pick. I wanted to get a kid that can come in here and give an early impact and who can grow alongside these young pieces. Now, after I calmed down, I took a deep breather, and I and I reanalyzed the situation again, this isn't the worst-case scenario. You can still get yourself a solid prospect at that fifth overall pick. And by the way, Chuck Fletcher has made some risks, and, and some of these all-season moves have not panned, off, panned out. But one thing we can say, he hasn't done a terrible job of drafting. His first draft, he selects Cam York, which obviously he's part of the future, and you know he's going to have his probably his first full year starting with the Philadelphia Flyers. 
And then the next year, he selects Tyson Forrester, who we haven't seen fully yet with the Flyers. But from every indication, he looks solid, and he looks like to be part of the future plans as well for the Philadelphia Flyers. So he's, he's, his jury's still out on Tyson Forrester. And obviously, last year, we traded away our first-round pick for uh, Rasmus Rissolainen. So I feel a little bit better with that fifth overall pick. Yeah, obviously, we want a top-three pick, but this isn't the worst-case scenario getting the fifth overall pick for the Flyers. And there are some keep there are some um some prospects out there that the Flyers looking at. Now if we're looking at North American skaters, the top three uh Shane Wright, the center at the Kings. Now he's probably gonna go number one overall pick. Uh I'll probably going to the Montreal Canadiens, but that is the top option. After that, you got uh, Logan Cooley, another center. He's part of the under 18 youth uh, USA development team. Um, and the third best option is Cutter uh Gauthier, which I'm probably butchering uh but he's all like i said he's also part of the under 18s and he is a left winger the fourth best prospect is matthew savoy who is a center from uh win uh the winnipeg amateur team so those are the top four north american uh, prospects your euro prospects uh you have uh juraj slavowski a left wing from tps you, you have joakim kimmel a right wing from jyp Simon Nemec, a defenseman from NITRA. And then, of course, you have David Jurek, a defenseman from Pleasen, so the Czech Republic. So those are some of the options. Obviously, I have not dove in deep to, to the NHL draft prospects. We'll probably, like did for the NFL draft, we'll probably get an NHL draft prospect closer to draft time to, to tell us what are probably some of the best prospects out there and something that we could be looking at. But I feel a little bit better this morning after, you know, looking at what happened with the NHL draft lottery, and hopefully we can get ourselves a, a good prospect here. What's up, Trending in the AM? Thanks for checking it all out. Make sure you guys are checking out Trending in the AM, DSM Media's morning show. They are doing a great, great job over there. Absolutely. All right, guys, a quick reminder. If you guys want to come on in today's show, or we have a couple spots open. All you got to do, copy and paste, hang out backstage. We got some people hanging out back right now. So we're going to start opening up backstage and allowing people to come on in. So let's start off with my man, Mr. Ian Fitzmaier. Welcome to Flyers Talk. What's happening, man? Uh, I'm hanging in there. Uh, taking care of Max. He's He's got an ear infection, but that's another story that's going to cost me an arm and a leg at the vet. But Oh, man. Hope nothing but the best, Ian. Yeah. Oh, it's We don't know what the, we've been doing with that for years with him. But um, like you were saying with the coaches, Barry Trotter's fire surprised me because right now when I was looking at it, it was down to Joe Quinville and um oh why Tortorella. I was always thinking I was thinking because everyone says Dynasty, Dynasty, Dynasty. The one coach that drafted up and got through the dynasty was Quinville. Granted, he's guys probably talked to Batman and because of all the um allegations that Chicago is still dealing with, covering up um Patrick Kane. I don't know how much who or what was in on that. Uh, um, we're probably never gonna know. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> it probably was more of the upper upper slants than coaches, because I do know coaches don't get all the information and go like, wait, what? But Quinville did draft his guys and got that dynasty for a decade for Chicago. I mean, three Stanley Cups. How many times were they in the, the Western Conference Finals? I had, I think, a good chunk of the time. 
He knows how to build a dynasty. He's done it before. And if everyone wants the dynasty, I think he's the first option. Trotz and Torletta are right behind him, though. It's very interesting. And I'm still kind of frustrated with that. Um, Devils got the second overall pick. I'm like, you should not have gotten that. Because now I'm trying to figure out. I don't think they're going to go for that center that um, the farm guy, like you said, Jorgen Sosky. I cannot pronounce his name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's he, he, I know he plays left and he plays right like Drew does, but he's just a bigger body. I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to go for him because he mainly plays center. Flyer. Oh. That's going to be up to them. They're going to cause the most havoc. Who are they going to pick? Yeah. 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 As far as the coaching goes, um, look, Barry Trotz to me feels like a surefire thing, and that's why I think he's going to be the most coveted coaching candidate out there for any of these available jobs. Um, but when it comes to these other guys, like your Claude Julien's, your Paul Maurice's, your Torts, Bruce Boudreaux's, I feel like we already did that. Like, we tried with Elaine Vigneault. It didn't work. And that's why I'm, like, a little reluctant of trying to get another retread. And, a lot of, and obviously, these guys have been coaching in the NHL for, like, the last three decades, it feels like. So I, I am a little bit reluctant towards that. And when it comes to the draft and just in free agency in general, you need more goal scoring. Like, I think we have some guys like I like Farabee, right? I, I like Cam Atkinson. Those are some goal scoring type of dudes. And obviously, Coots and Kevin Hayes have their moments as well. But we need more goal scoring. I think that's a problem as well. Like, how many games did you see the Flyers score more than two goals throughout the season? And obviously, injury is, is was a part of that as well. Right. And I do think that we have some defensive defense defensemen that can help with the offense, but we need some more goal scores in the forwards. Yes, especially the early part of the season, I was seeing the goal scoring. And then remember, most of the injuries was COVID. That's the key word here. We're going to have to look into how much of the COVID injuries uh, hurt them, like especially with Joel Embiid. I know it was going to be the Sixers. It was like a COVID thing early in the season that bit him. But still... That's going to be interesting because that was the thing that been for the past two years because the NHL could not get that under control. And because you and me were talking about that so intense, they could not get it under control compared to the other leagues. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And the Flyers could not recoup. They Once the COVID got out of control, that's when they lost. I think that's what you start everything just going, boop. Everything went up and I'm like, oh, no, this is, that was the end. That was the end to everything. I'm like, all right, let's just tank and rebuild. <laughs> I like I was getting done. I was even going down a conspiracy like, all right, this is getting sus as hell. Cause I remember Carter Hart moping and groping about it. I remember most of the flyers were groping about it. Saying, you know, something's weird going on here. And I don't know if that's ever gonna be true. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's 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 just an it was the, it was a tough two years, man. I think every league had to deal with it. I mean, the Sixers even had some COVID scares in the early part of the year, and you just kind of had to get through it. But to it, it, to me, look, COVID definitely hurt. Injuries definitely hurt. The problem is, Ian, is that every team in the NHL has to go through this. Every team in the NHL had to go through COVID. Every team in the NHL had to go through injuries, and for whatever reason, the Flyers just could not recuperate from it, and they had, again, domino effects. And both 2020-2021 and 2021-2022, you had, they they would, like, in games, and in, in just in run of games, and in games in, in, within the games, you had a lot of bleeding going on. Like, you remember those Rangers games where you're losing, like, 7-8-0, yep. right? You have 10 
two 10-game losing streaks in the Ooh, season. They just did not know how to cut that bleeding, and that's just a problem. It's just something To me, that's something mental. It's true. There's something they have to have to fix is defense. Plus, now Sam Moran's gone. He's yep. going to be on the administration staff. Yep. That was a blow because they were saying he was supposed to be the pronger. He, the big guy that they needed. Now they got to find that again. The move, the quick uh, words, Ian. The trick question is who are they going to trade? Because they got to bring back all these young bucks. Granted, most of them are going to go back down to the Phantoms. I do think some of them, like Morgan Frost, Tibbet, and maybe a couple other guys, are going to be coming back here, but on that back line. And how much are the Flyers are just going to take out their pockets and say, Johnny Godot, how much were you to sign with the Philadelphia Flyers? Because you know that's their first option. And I know they're going to have like um, Andre Borleski from Colorado. He's the next guy. And Philippe Forsberg. Now I got to check, check Philippe. He might have signed an extension. Might. It's the key word on that one. Be interesting to see. Absolutely, that's their uh, top. I think the top three because they're going to go hit in that goal score, and plus now they hit a penalty. They're in trouble a bit because they went over the cap. I don't know how was going to be the penalty for that, whatsoever. Apparently they're just over like by two hundred thousand because of everyone getting injured and like, and then they threw bonuses. Like, why did you throw bonuses? <laughs> you, that's not the like. Granted, with I gave prep about Howie Roseman, but at least he knows how to stay under the cap. That's not a smart move. Like you should pay attention to your cap situation. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, Ian. It's always a pleasure having you on, man. No Thanks so much for coming on, brother. Um, Ian brings some bring, brings up some really good points. Now, as far as the trades and roster development goes going forward. I think your priority, your number one priority has to be getting rid of JVR. That contract is is going to kill you and and we ha- and he hasn't been he hasn't produced to what the contract is as well. To me, that has to be the top priority of trying to get rid of that contract. Now, I've talked about it before, guys like Travis Konechny, I would think about moving from Oscar Lindbaum's another one I would think of moving from, but if it doesn't make sense then you just do not make that move. And for the Flyers, they have to make some tough, tough decisions. I don't want to ignore TikTok, and we do need to hurry because uh, I don't want to miss. I'm recording the Phillies. I don't want to miss too much of it, though. What's up, Pat? What's going on, brother? Uh, deadly. Yeah, de- no one's watching the NHL. I, I, don't, I don't know many people watching the NHL playoffs, especially when the NBA playoffs have been so good these past two years, man. Uh, Sleepy Goat, I want Florida to win only because playing Washington. I want Florida to win because I Claude Giroux deserves a title. Straight like that, man. What's up, Keith? What's going on? We got Kata Hot in the building. What's happening, man? What's going on? I do not know who JoJo Hardy is. Good stuff. Uh, WWE69, I can see Kevin Hayes having a 50-point season. That's a very interesting uh, point there. Now, Kevin Hayes was battling injuries throughout the year as well, and obviously when he was fully healthy, he didn't have all the best pieces around him. But I really love the line of Hazy, uh Barabee and Atkinson. I thought those guys were very, very much effective in that stretch that they played together. I do think that Casey is going to have a bounce back year, but it might be a one-two that they do look at trading, but we'll see what happens, man. 
Um, Silly, what's up? What's happening, man? Uh, so, Silly, so right now we're doing Flyers talk. Uh, it is the offseason for the Philadelphia Flyers. We do 5 for 5 Philly sports coverage, so we're looking at all the Philly sports. So with the Flyers offseason, we're just looking at some of the th- things that's been going on. Uh, we do run a YouTube channel with the podcast alongside with it. So if you'd like, you can come in, check it out. YouTube, it, actually, YouTube and the podcast link are in my link tree, which is in my bio. I would love if you could check it out, my man. Definitely check it out for sure. You are a Phillies fan. Father Tom asking the question that I love to see, man. Are you watching the Phillies? Father Tom, I'm currently recording the Phillies, and we're just about to get done, but I don't want to ignore the people who spent the time to drop in a comment in the comment section. So I want to answer some of these comments, and then I will get to watching the Phillies. The beautiful part about it is you can fast forward, which is great. Uh, buyout JVR, I think so, man. I think so. Uh, especially, you know, Flyers. Yeah, man, I feel that. Uh, Barry will go to the Sharks. Interesting. It's a very Sharks got a top 10 pick, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Going to California. I, I To me, if I'm being honest, I think the Jets. I think the Jets is where Barry Trotz will go, man. Uh, he was hurt and still at 20. He had a solid end to the year, man. He looked sharp in a couple of those games. He looked like he got he got back to his groove, man. I uh, got you. Appreciate you, Tom. I appreciate you, Tom. Much love, brother. JVR had that's a problem, man. The JVR, listen, JVR finished with some good numbers. But the problem is most of these numbers came when it didn't matter anymore. When you had two 10-game losing streaks, and he's the one guy who's consistently healthy and still in the lineup, wasn't doing dog crap. That's a problem. Yeah, I, I yeah, it, it was still it was still good numbers. And a lot of it came when it didn't matter, man. Bio's more expensive than trade. That is correct. You just have to find a way to get rid of him. I, I'm, I'll buy him out. I'll spread that out. But we need that money for this season, man. We definitely need that money. But all right, guys, we're going to hop off now. This was great. 38 minutes we got to, guys. I really appreciate I know the Flyers are not fun to talk about right now, but we have to hope that better days are ahead. And again, this is a five for five city with sports, guys. So we definitely are going to keep our Flyers in mind as well. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned for the Phillies game recap. Follow the Phillies game. Of course, if you guys enjoy the content, it would do me a huge favor if you guys could like the video. And, of course, make sure you subscribe if you have not already to join on in this Philly sports family. And, of course, check out every street podcast. We're on Apple. We're on Google. We're on Spotify. You can find it under Oin Philly Sports. Make sure you guys subscribe there as well. And, of course, we want to thank our friends. We didn't give them a shout-out, but we want to thank our friends at Lots Rain Watches, our sponsor for this channel. If you are in the market for a brand-new watch, make sure you guys check out Lots Rain Watches. High-quality watches at an affordable price. And when you guys make a purchase at Lots Rain Watches, at the checkout page, use promo code Parcero Philly for 10% off of your purchase, and you guys can get yourself something as beautiful as this. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, I go by name El Parcero Philly, and I'm telling you guys, let's go Flyers. Talk to you guys. Later.